0: Hello and welcome to the Slow Home Podcast. This is the podcast all about slow living in a fast-paced world and I am Brooke McCallery.
1: My name is Ben McCallery and welcome to episode 215. We've got a host for... We do. ...coming up. Coming at you. Coming at you fast <laughs> in a slow, mindful way. So this is a bit of a follow-on hostful from one that we recorded way back in September mm-hmm. and it's the it's the check-in episode of what's happening in our life at the moment.
0: Well, it is, yeah. I mean, I, back in September we, we sort of shared our plans for 2018 and that we were heading off and, and doing maybe a year of slow travel with the kids uh, and – I, don't, I can't remember what number episode that was, but I think it was the 7th of September that we published it. We spoke about, I guess, what those plans look like and what we thought we had to do between then and January. Uh, and this is all about the reality of that and how it was very different.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, look, a lot's changed, which mm-hmm. we're going to get into. But, yeah, it's like the, the follow-on episode from yep. that. And uh, I think we should just probably just get straight into it. Okay. So let's look at the big things that have changed Mm -hmm. and, and go through. And unpick what those are. But way back in September, we were talking about renting the house, uh, getting that sort of ready and all the things that we would need to do to make that happen. Mm-hmm. That was one of the, the big things. But even before that, we, would, we talked about like writing a big list, a to-do list, mm-hmm. an epic to-do list. And as the months sort of passed, we kept on putting it off. <laughs> Why was that?
0: Well, I think the reality is that we hadn't made a decision that felt right for us, so we just kind of sat on it and didn't do anything for
1: months. Yeah, but but we 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 talked to people about renting the house, and but every conversation we had, we there was more questions than answers, and we were really really struggling mm. with the thought of of renting the house out.
0: Yes, so we we've, <laughs> we've decided to not do that. We we've, we've decided to sell it.
1: We're going to knock it down. Yeah,
0: we are not. Uh, We're going to sell our house. So I'm not talking in vaguenesses anymore, vaguenesses, vagies, vague vague ways. Um, We're going to sell our house. We're going to sell everything before we leave, aren't we?
1: You basically. Mm. And so why why did we decide to do that?
0: Well, like you said, we, we made the choice, you know, maybe August, September, to rent the house out, and then we didn't do anything about it four months and every time it came up we would kind of I don't like just not <laughs> not do anything we would never move forward we would not want to talk about it we weren't excited about what it meant it just it felt heavy and it felt counterintuitive I think even it was like though- a
1: weight that that was always going to be here whilst we were living our life elsewhere yeah. Was well, like and this anchor or something, which was wasn't it? which.
0: In other circumstances, I think would have been fine, but mm-hmm. for us at where we're at at the moment, it just didn't feel like the right call. But everyone was telling us that it was the least risky thing to do. It was, you know, the most secure, the most grown up, the most whatever thing to do. All of which makes perfect sense, except it didn't make perfect sense for us.
1: Yeah, which was it's sort of weird. We, we're because, yeah, we're, you were right. We were talking to a lot of people about, oh, but you will always have, you know, the house to come back to mm-hmm. if, if things didn't work out or or whatever reason. And it was an insurance policy that we just didn't want to have. It just didn't work for us.
0: We didn't feel like we needed it. Yeah. And, you know, what? Who honestly, who knows? Who knows how it's all going to turn out? But I just know that once we decided we went for a walk maybe a month ago, and we were talking about the house and what we we're going to do next year and what it was all going to look like. And we made the point that we had not done anything on that big list of things that we needed to do in order to get the house ready to rent out. And I said, well, why don't we just sell it then? And that honestly was it. That was the permission that well, we both needed. I got quite angry at
1: you. I was like, wow, that's ridiculous. Why would we sell, sell, sell the house? And I remember walking, going through, to our, for our walk, Walking around the track, and then by the end of it, I'd been convinced that. no, that-
0: but no it wasn't I con- I wasn't trying to convince you, really. It was more a question of why. What are you? What are you angry about? Why do? You know, you would say, but we need to keep the house, and I'm like, why? Well, because I'm like, but why?
1: But it was the whole thing. You when you started to talk about, look, we haven't done anything to progress the renting of it, and and all the rest of it. And I was just, by the end of it, I was like, you're absolutely right. Mm. And a good friend of ours, once we'd made the decision, they were like, oh, you've done it because you don't want any attachment. You want to be able to, to sort of make next year something new and something totally different to what you, where, where you're doing now. And that's yeah. how I felt as well. It was just sort of, it just felt the right thing to do
0: yeah, I'm not going to lie. There is the rebel in me that's like, actually i want I want to see what would happen if like let's see what happens if and that if I wanted it to be as big a break, as big a change, as much of a a, a, a separation from what life has been like for the last few years to next year. I, I wanted to, like what would happen if we literally let go of everything? What an amazing experiment. And that's really how I'm starting to view next year as a huge, at least year-long experiment in what would happen if mm. we let go of mm. all of these things, all of these beliefs, all of these goals, all of these things that we're told we should be pursuing, what would happen if. Yeah. And that's once I had realised that that's essentially what we were doing, I felt so much more excited about it but also much more kind of goes against what you imagine it would feel like, but I felt freer.
1: I didn't feel more scared. I felt more free. Free is exactly the sort of word that I felt as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because one of my big mottos or mantras for this year has been take more risk. Mm. And it has been since, you know, leaving full-time employment, doing our own thing is, I felt like my entire adult life, I've been taking these really calculated risks that have been weighed up judiciously, and, you know, have that other people have taken the same risks. And if, I felt like I was, I was just on this treadmill of taking these risks, but they weren't real risks. Yeah. They were just normal living.
0: Well, it's kind of like. We we're, pass- were passengers almost. Passengers on this, yeah. Like there so, were risks, but they were risks that you just, that was part of yeah. the path.
1: But this feels like a, an actual risk mm. for the first time. Does it? It feels like it's a risk, but a risk worth taking.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can, I can understand that. And I'm sure that there are people who would find certain elements of this choice and everything that comes next year as really big risks financially possibly or in terms of having a place, like a a home Mm. base. But I really don't feel that. I really don't. I'm fascinated to see what next year, what the reality is. Mm. I think we've made enough changes in our lives and big changes to understand that the perception of what they look like and the reality are vastly different. Like my perception of being self-employed and the reality of being self-employed, vastly different. I agree. I think this will be the same, but I'm just fascinated to see what the reality of it is. You know, there'll be the Instagram highlights reality, which is not reality, Mm. but then there'll be the day-to-day schooling, work, travel, experiencing stuff, reality of it. Mm. And like the messiness and the.
1: So how do you feel about it? So excited. So excited. Me too. Like I'm really excited and it's the, it's excitement. It's. I know I'll sit on the plane and I'll have the biggest butterflies mm. in my stomach because I'll be like, you know, what have, you know, I'll be questioning things like, what have we done? You know, like, what are we doing? This is crazy. It's way too when late if actually, you're thinking. I know. That. When it's actually happening, we were sitting out on the our back veranda porch area. Porch. Porch. What? Our veranda on the weekend. It was beautiful, late spring day, cool breeze, nice sun, having a drink in your hand, and you said, what are we doing? Mm. Why did you say that?
0: That it was really interesting actually because even when I was saying it, I'm like I, I was saying it because I thought that that would be, like that was the, the conditioned response. Mm. What are we doing? Why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. Because what we have here is a lovely house that we've been here. We've been here nine years, almost nine years, eight and a half years I think by the time we go, in a lovely area with lovely neighbours.
1: Kids in a good school. Kids in a
0: great school. We have family nearby. Uh, we've worked really hard on our house over the past eight years. Yeah, we've renovated,
1: we're have renovated we renovating it now, actually. Well,
0: we're finalising a few things in order to sell it. Yeah. Um, and we have a lot of the elements that people would look at and say, that's what I'm working towards, and we've got it. And I understand that and I'm grateful for it. So when I said that to you, what are we doing? It was kind of... I was saying it because I thought that that's what I should be saying.
1: Yeah, this is the thing.
0: It's like it was a conditioned response from me. And I, like I get it. It was highly pleasant sitting out there with, a you know, having a drink and talking, playing with the kids and listening to music and just sitting in the sun. Gorgeous. But you said, home's wherever we are.
1: Mm.
0: And I know that. Mm. Sometimes it takes a bit of massaging our memories or our insights or something to... to remind ourselves of that mm. so when I said it I'm like it's kind of one of the, you know one of those stupid Maxims that we say sometimes like
1: because we're, we're you're exactly right conditioned to say yeah. it. like this is what I, is this what I'm supposed to be feeling yeah. yeah you know
0: you catch yourself saying something and you're like I get I I'm saying it because I it's a thing that people say but I actually don't think it I don't believe it I was listening to an interview with Jack Johnson on Anna Faris's unqualified the other day and he was talking about his marriage he's been married for a long time and how difficult that must be being you know a famous performer and all that anyway and he said something at the end of his comment about his marriage and was like well at the end of the day you know if my wife's happy then i'm happy like a happy wife happy life kind of situation and he said it and he's like i don't know why i said that that was a dumb thing to say and i felt like it was the same thing when i mm. said that to you mm. it was this like maxim that we kind of hear so often We're like this is how obviously how i should feel but i don't i feel excited about selling the house and I more than anything I think I feel guilty about how excited I feel
1: mm. yeah because if do you feel guilty because you know when you talk about it to other people that are living nearby it's like it might be a bit offensive to them it's like well don't you want to come back and, and uh, live here and
0: yeah like I, yeah a little bit I also feel I'm torn because I'm grateful for what we have and i'm aware of what we have and how fortunate we are for it and i don't want to seem like i'm not content it's this weird tension between contentment and enoughness and this underlying desire for adventure and travel you know i i really do feel kind of torn between gratitude for where we're at, where we are and what we have and wanting something else you know and that's that's kind of counter to this idea of simplicity or slow like Mm. you should find contentment in the moment Mm. but i don't think that they're mutually exclusive i absolutely feel content in the moment i felt content with you and the kids that afternoon when we were sitting in the sun uh and Mm. I, like I did, I really mm. genuinely felt content. I think
1: that's what it was. It was like it doesn't get much better in terms of like being content right now. Yeah. And so why am I trying to disrupt that? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, but I, I just don't think that they're mutually exclusive. You can absolutely find contentment and be settled and put, you know, be rooted in in things and not want to change that. But I think you can also be content or find stillness or peace in a tumultuous situation or a situation that you're striving to change. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's where I'm at. I have contentment always Mm -hmm. and gratitude and, you know, but I've also got this expensive
1: urge. You definitely do. Because I, I suppose another reason why we've decided to sell the house is because we always knew when we'd come back, and now it's a caveat if we if we come back, but we probably we will, will come, come back, back at some point. We would never. We didn't think we would be staying here for much longer anyway.
0: That's right. Over the last six months, I think you and I have come to the realization that we want maybe a slightly different, or a, quite a different, living situation. Maybe a bit less house and a bit more land.
1: Nice. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, I think that yeah. that's something that we both feel drawn to. Mm-hmm. So there's, I mean, and if we're going into the practicalities of why we're choosing to sell now. I think now, that's what
1: people want to hear. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: because I think in some circumstances, renting a place out and coming back to it is a really good option. And for us up until a couple of months ago, it felt like that was a good option. Uh, but there's a few reasons that we have decided, obviously, apart from that gut feeling, uh, we knew that we would be selling when we came back and moving. So practically speaking that would mean having to come back to a house that's been rented for a couple of years probably you know repainting recarpeting fixing the gardens all that kind of stuff once we we're back in order to sell and also the where we live it's actually a very good time to be selling and not such a great time to be renting a property out just in purely financial terms it made more sense to us to to do that and that could bite us in the butt When we get back, who knows? I have no idea what the property market's going to do. And quite frankly, I don't care because that's not a good enough reason for me to put things on hold.
1: Mm. Put yourself in the position of coming back, say, you know, 12 plus months time, you land back in Australia, Mm. you don't have a house. Mm. How does that feel? Mm.
0: It's a bridge to cross when we get to it. Like, I'm not worried about it. Mm I'm not, and that's that, I guess, in part comes from being in a fortunate situation where we have good family ties. Good family. We we have great family, but we have, like, good, strong bonds and we have a lot of family around, and if it came to it, we could stay at their house. <laughs> that's
1: what you're trying to say. Yeah.
0: No, but that's that's actually something to take into consideration because not everyone has that. Not everyone has that kind of... Ability.
1: Support. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the
0: word I was looking for. How yeah. how do you feel about that? I think,
1: I guess that's the great unknown. You know, it's this feeling of, I don't know, the initial feeling of coming back and not having somewhere to stay is not that bad because you be like, oh, we're back and you'd want to spend some time with family. Mm. It's just that next step of then, what do we do now? Mm. But I guess we will have 12 months of life that we'll be able to inform that decision. Exactly. Mm. So the act of packing up the house Mm -hmm. is what we're doing at the moment and doing a little bit of finalising some stuff around the house, fixing painting and
0: doing a driveway and
1: all the rest of it. So what's that been like for you? I guess it's the ultimate act of decluttering. Yeah. And and something that we haven't done to this level since we've been on this journey.
0: Well, speak for yourself. I did. Well,
1: (laughs) We have sold a place before. Oh no, and we haven't moved out of a place, but we we were very much moving in from a little place to a bigger place, so there wasn't that much decluttering to do. But so how do you feel about decluttering right now?
0: Okay, so I am uh, neck deep in decluttering and I'm finding it super rejuvenating, but I also want to issue a general apology <laughs> to anyone listening. Who has heard me speak about decluttering over the years and who has thought that what I was saying made it sound very simple, but the reality is that it's very difficult. I know that, but I know that, you know, I talk about something for literally years and years and years, it can become oversimplified in my head and in the way that I speak about decluttering and I'm, I'm living it (laughs) right now and it's not easy. So if you're going through it at the moment, just know that it's not easy and that's okay. It's okay that it's not easy because it's really not.
1: So what are we doing? What What are we actually doing to to with our stuff? Yeah, so the
0: majority of it we're actually giving away. We're selling a little bit, but I really honestly could not be bothered selling the majority of it. Um, most of the stuff that we have that is sellable we're giving to your sister actually. So she's moving out and it's a perfect opportunity for us to pass stuff on if she wants it.
1: Perfect timing. My sister's moving out. Of home for the first time so she's in need of quite a lot of stuff that otherwise we would be either selling or or donating or Mm -hmm. giving away so in that regard I think it's been very very helpful and really easy
0: yeah yes so that side of it has been super easy we've already we already decided you and I spoke about it uh, before we began the process really and we were going to give quite a lot of it away. To me, that's the simplest way of doing it. We could give it to the local Vinnies. There is the Cancer Council shop nearby that takes a lot of donations. And yeah, I think they were kind of the two. I mean, we also have started listing things for free on Gumtree and Facebook buy, swap, sell, like local groups. So, uh, you know, things like Outdoor paving and and that kind of stuff. I couldn't be. I really couldn't be bothered selling. We have like
1: six hundred outdoor pavers, mm. and we've just yeah. People just come and pick them up.
0: I just want people to take them and use them. That's that's kind of the situation that I'm in at the moment because we know that when we come back, everything's going to be so vastly different anyway. Not much of what we have is going to be applicable
1: to where we're going or yeah. what we're doing. Or, and look, we don't know that for sure, but this is. So, you know, this is what feels right at the mm. moment.
0: So what are we storing? We are going to, We are going to have a storage unit. Um, we will store a dining table that was a birthday present. What else? A lounge. One lounge. Boxes of clothes, like some clothes, some of the kids' stuff, a couple of bed frames, a couple of bookshelves. Book, some
1: yeah, books, some books. Yeah,
0: a couple of boxes of books, some files, paperwork,
1: that kind of stuff. Uh, what else? Some of the kids' toys. Yep. We're not taking, or yeah. we're not selling, or giving yeah, away. We're definitely not taking. Like kitchen things, like you know, cutlery and knives and all that sort of stuff. Yeah,
0: anything that we know we're going to want. Yeah, when we get back. But I am being quite ruthless.
1: Extremely ruthless. Yeah. You're like a barbarian when it comes to decluttering. Okay. Anyway,
0: <laughs> whether to be offended or proud.
1: So we're we're going to hire a small storage unit. Yep. For the time we're away, and it will be really interesting to take a photo of that storage unit once we've stored everything in it and see how small it is.
0: Mm, I will. Yeah. So for me, that like this side of it is not. It's not the the point if you know what I mean. But I I have been really interested to see and kind of just pay attention to my reactions to this process of decluttering. It's amazing how quickly your emotional attachments can kick in it really is and i mean so last weekend we were going just the linen cupboard you know an area of their home that's not full of sentimentality or heirlooms or anything like that and we were looking at the piles of stuff that we needed to sort through and i said to you this is hard like it's it's just overwhelming so
1: one one thing that you've Didn't think you'd have an attachment to that you have had an attachment to?
0: Uh, I found a couple of photo frames and pictures that were in the kids' bedrooms before we had them painted and we took them down and put them in the linen cupboard. And I saw them, and that really, I had a really strong emotional response to that because they were, the kids were, you know, almost two years younger when they were hanging in their room. And I, I hadn't thought about the pictures. It's not the picture itself, but it was a, a marker of the passage of time, yeah, and how quickly it has gone, and how it it passes, and we don't get it back. You know, it's like it, it's like anything that reminds us of time passing. But I kind of had convinced myself that I was immune to that sort of stuff, but I'm not. Mm. I, I found that quite confronting. What about you?
1: There were these picture. What do we What do you call them? Canvas portraits. Portraits, yeah. portraits that. I, I surprised you one Christmas, I think, with this, this family portrait of of you and the two kids mm-hmm. and, I don't know, like they were tiny. They were like six months and two years or something. Yeah. And, you know, I remember it as a time where you were really struggling. Oh, yeah. You were, you know. Not in a good in place. In the depths of... Postnatal depression, but these, yep, yeah, we had this this lovely photo taken at the time, and I, I blew them up onto this canvas, and we haven't had them on the walls for ages. And I remember taking them down, and we looked at them, and we're like, oh no, just chuck, you know, throw them out into this, you know, skip bin that we, we had out the front. Anyway, I was like, yep, yeah. and I, I was walking away with them to the front door, and, and I was looking at them, and I, I just got really a weird feeling that I can't actually throw these away. Mm -hmm. Like I really struggled with them. I was just like, you know, they were like my babies, you know, little kids. And and then you in this sort of very, I remember, delicate space. And I I just wanted to protect them and not discard them and throw them away. Mm. How weird is that?
0: Yeah, I think anything with faces on it is really hard. I I genuinely believe that um, photos and and things like that are
1: really really tough.
0: Yeah, I have a different feeling about those portraits because I was in such a bad place.
1: So I don't think I can throw that. That's I think fine. Don't storing those.
0: Then don't. I'm I'm truly a big believer. If if things feel wrong to 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 get rid of, to let go of, to sell, to give away, then don't. Mm. But I mean, you really do need to do the hard questioning of: Am I just? Is this just a conditioned response? Like, am I just blindly holding on to everything or is there a real reason for this one particular thing to have a hold on me? That, that's why I think it's, it's important to really question all sentimental items. But if the answer, the true heart of it, of your answer is I want to keep this because it reminds me of something, then keep it mm. truly, you know, I just think it's what I previously have done is just keep it all because it's easier that way. Mm but the reality is that stuff is heavy.
1: Yeah. You know, with the uh, acrostic that I used when I sort of get rid of stuff, it's release and the S in it is about storing stuff. So that's sort of like the 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 penultimate stage is before you release, you know, get rid of stuff. It's it's storing it. So this is like the ultimate like we've got this small storage space that we will use for 12 months and it'll be really interesting when we come back and unpack that storage, how much we actually keep.
0: Mm. Yeah, so I often talk about how things transition from being sentimental or important to clutter in the in the time where we don't see them. You know, I, I used to put away sentimental items in a box in the shed or something like that for six months, knowing that in six months' time. Or 12 I would, months. Yeah, or yeah. like whatever yeah. it was, mm. you know, for a period of time, mm. knowing that I would get back to them eventually and that then I would reassess and almost always what happened in that interim period was that stuff shifted from sentimental, maybe I need to keep it, I think I'm going to hold on to it kind of, you know, level to clutter. Mm. But it took that time to make the the distinction and to allow myself to separate and disconnect from it. So it's going to be absolutely fascinating to see that whenever we come back and we roll up those doors of the small (laughs) storage Mm -hmm. unit, what of it we want to keep. Uh, and that's the other thing that we've been talking about quite a lot, you and I, is that most things don't store well. Clothes, like particularly kids' clothes, don't store well. The elastic in things, spoils, if that's the right word, like it, it, it stops being stretchy. So I'm really in the mind of giving everything that is not an absolute either necessity or, or super precious thing away because things don't store well. Electronics don't store well. I mean, chances are we could store something for a year or two years, get it out, and it won't work. So that's why we are being super picky with what we store, and it's only going to be things that don't get ruined. And, and then, look, the storage unit could flood or burn down, but whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. I think it's it's really important to think about the resources that are tied up in the stuff that we're just sticking in a storage unit for a year or two years, someone else could use them, that stuff in that time. Uh, so yeah, for me, it's, it's kind of, that's a really good way of moving on as well. Because the reality is the, the vast majority of the stuff that we would have stored if we weren't thinking this way, it's not precious. It's not irreplaceable. It's, it's just stuff. So that's where we're at. I'm running into a few kind of projects that I really want to get done before we leave though. Like I've got a box of photos and old videotapes that I've always planned on digitizing and putting on hard, like an external hard drive. And that's something that I really want to get done before we go because same thing, that stuff doesn't store well. And I think that's really one of the only big things. We've, we did all the, like the paper decluttering a couple of years ago. And most things are digital now. We haven't got a lot else, I don't think. So, yeah, I am very grateful that I've spent the last few years simplifying our lives because this has
1: made the job so much easier. So much
0: easier. Yeah, it's overwhelming, but it's so much easier.
1: Because when we went to inquire about the storage space, we were asked, oh, what are you, you, know, what are you storing? We're like, well, it's a three-bedroom home, da 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 And they're like, oh, wow, you need this big big storage space. We went and had a look at it and we were just like both shaking our heads mm. like... No, nah. no. There's no way we need that. <laughs> no, we're not like normal people
0: <laughs> in lots of ways. Because uh, what's normal? Yes, but I
1: think you're right.
0: That's that's where the ha- the house situation is at.
1: So I want to talk about schooling. Yes. So we met. So back in September, we would have talked, spoken about we're homeschooling the kids. Yep. But we're not actually homeschooling them. No. What are we, we doing?
0: We were tossing up between homeschooling or world schooling or unschooling or distance ed, which is a service um, that we have available to us in Australia. Uh, I'm not sure if every state does. I think they do. Yeah, they do. Uh, but we have decided to go with distance ed service. So it's Sydney Distance Education School. school. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and it's a physical school
1: with actual teachers
0: uh, in the city, and we went and met with them last week, the week before.
1: Yeah, amazing what they what what we've been told from from previous people that have done it and what is available to us now. Like, oh it's awesome. Basically it's all all virtual, all digital uploading of curriculum and all the rest of yeah, it. Yeah,
0: so take a step back though. It's yeah. an actual school and the kids have an like a teacher and they're enrolled in a class along with other kids around New South Wales who are either travelling around Australia or internationally, and they are given a term's worth of schoolwork at one time and then we simply facilitate that. So it's about three-ish hours of schoolwork a day on average, they they suggest, and our role is to be not their teacher because they each have a teacher, but to
1: facilitate yeah
0: to roll out this this work and yeah it's not our job to mark them or anything like that but essentially what that means is that the kids stay in the same school system for at least the first 12 months until we maybe know more about what our future holds and then when we come back to australia they they're still kind of up to date with Mm. the curriculum there's not going to be any big gaps or you know any any big modules of learning that they have missed out on and for us, that was the right call, I think, because you and I are both going to be working still. We're going to be recalibrating what our rhythm looks like. And I hated the thought, particularly as I'm not an educator, like I don't have a background as an educator and neither do you, even though we both are passionate about it. We don't have that, that background. And I just don't know that I would have had the right foundation on which to build a good homeschooling experience in the beginning. So this has given us, I think, confidence, really. Oh,
1: absolutely. That the absolutely. kids are going
0: to get the kind of education we want them to.
1: And I just feel so much more confident in, in having met the teachers. Oh, they're awesome. And, the pro, you know, we did like a mock lesson of what, what you need to do. And, you know, there's a lot of hard copy things that they you know, they send out. and you All your materials. It, all, yeah, it. all your materials. But I, you basically scan this material and upload it to the cloud
0: Using your phone, yeah.
1: You you just scan it with the phone, like taking a picture of it.
0: Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's, it's very just cool. Amazing,
1: you know. And then there's things like Skype classrooms where they'll, you know, get on a one lesson will be done over Skype or or something like that. And you know, they still get that they get to collaborate with other class mm-hmm. mates. You know, that might be traveling around Australia or over in Europe or Africa or wherever. You know, I just think that that's. Fabulous. Anyway, so I think we absolutely have made the right decision in regards yeah, to kids' Yeah, for us schooling.
0: I think it's the right call right now.
1: I had, you know, these dreams, you know, a romantic vision of of me teaching the kids, but the reality of it is still a little bit daunting. Mm-hmm. You know, we're mm-hmm. we we're, we're going to be responsible for their learning, even though we are now, but do you know what I mean? Like it's it's quite a big job and it'll okay. be really interesting once we get overseas and start the process to report back on, you know, the realities of it.
0: Yeah. I Look, I think that six months in we will be in a much better position to decide what like, what education looks like for the kids going forward, you know. I, Yeah, I just think that for now this is the right call and I'm not necessarily sure on what it's going to look like more like long-term going forward. But, yeah, I think... Any issues, any concerns that I had have been really kind of dealt with by having met with the teachers and the staff at the school. Yeah, but it's good. It, it's going to be really interesting. Again, so I've interesting. had the same romantic ideals of what it's going to look like. You know, three hours a day, and it's just all it's great all exper- it's
1: experiential learning, and you know, like the
0: reality it's just, is that it's the kids there's going to be tantrums. Of there's going to be like
1: days that the kids are like. Go and stick your schoolwork, Dad. I don't want to do it. You know, it's going to be, of course, you know, pretty hard. But it's going to be fun.
0: It is going to be fun. Yeah.
1: So the extending now into our work and what that looks like. Yep. And has that changed, do you think? Has our mentality changed about what yep. What work is going to look like next year? Because ultimately we are going to have to work. We are working. Of I'll have clients that I'll be working for while I'm overseas. And, you know, I'll still need to work days and days. You know, it's not we're not this is not a, a holiday. This is, you know, we're we're still be working but be working overseas.
0: Yeah. I don't think anyone necessarily thinks that it's going to be a twelve month holiday. And if no. you if they do, then that's not correct. <laughs> I don't know anyone who can afford to just travel and not work at all for twelve months. Mm off the top of my head. And that's certainly not our, our situation. But I, I do think that you and I have had an exceptionally busy year for a lot of different reasons. And I think that it's been fine because it never once slipped into that busy being our new normal. We always were aware that it was a period of time, a season of life, as it were. Yeah. And That's okay. We often talk about this idea of going fast in order to go slow. And I I think that this year has been a wonderful reminder of the challenges of, you know, a really full plate. And I, I think what we stand to lose by saying yes to too much, and not that we've necessarily done that, But we certainly could have allowed ourselves to do that. This was one of those years of saying yes to opportunities and of pushing through to new things, and I'm glad for it. But we were really close a few times to getting to that point where it's like, oh, no, this is too much. And I'm really happy that we've we've reached that point a few times because I believe that next year we will have that kind of in the back of our head as we balance what it looks like to have enough work as opposed to too much. And I also think that we're, we're sort of changing the way that we work. I much prefer to have seasons of busyness and then periods of not busyness. Yeah, exactly. You know, the way we're going to put, produce the podcast next year is slightly different and plays into that idea of working really hard for a period and then not having as much on for a period and kind of that, that peaks and troughs approach rather than what I feel like the last 12 months has been, which is just kind of a, a – steady incline (laughs) of work so i can't say what what the logistics of our work is going to look like yet i've got no real idea but i mean i think it's going to be interesting for you because you've got clients back in australia
1: my challenge will be i'll be living you know overseas but still working for australian clients who are on you know a 12-hour time difference you know opposite so it will require me to be on Australian time and be very aware of that i'm not sure how slow that is
0: well i don't know yeah so it remains that, to be seen. i think that's
1: going to be the biggest challenge about you know there's always that benefit of being overseas and being able to turn things around overnight for a client in australia which is which is what you know is is really cool and will be great to be able to provide that service but then there's the times where i'll just be needed during the work hours for Australian clients. So I will definitely report back on what that looks like and how it works and whether it's successful or sustainable. And, you know, that that's a genuine concern of mine right now and, and will be for, for a while while we settle in next year.
0: So really what we're saying is that so much of what we're doing is an experiment, totally. isn't it? Yeah, Like and that's really the theme.
1: Really, we I think we need to change the the name of this podcast.
0: To what? The Slow Experiment.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It's no longer the slow home. It's the slow experiment.
0: Mm. I mean, we'll talk about it, I think, maybe in a December episode, but that's certainly something that we're going to come back to for 2018. I know a lot of people missed our slow experiments this year, Uh, even though we tried to, to kind of stick to themes in our Monday shows. People really didn't miss that. I
1: missed it too. Yeah.
0: So... That's if, if you if you're one of the people who has missed our experiment episodes yeah keep an ear out in december we'll talk more about what 2018 is going to look like but this idea of experimentation for me is powerful i said to you before we recorded this i love that experimenting has become has come back to to kind of i don't know how we're operating or how i'm thinking because way back in the day i had a blog called the lavender experiment which was terrible but wasn't terrible uh, well it was it was the it
1: was the start of it, your blog it was yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: it was it was dorky and I was just finding my voice and everything and it was whatever it was what it was. <laughs> Don't go
1: and look for it please. <laughs> just Google the lavender experiment, Brooke McCallery, and you'll get some <laughs> Uh
0: but uh, but lavender wasn't so much the, the key part of that title of that <laughs> blog it was the experiment. <laughs> Uh, and I remember it was, it was about trying things. And I really feel like we're coming full circle back to this idea because
1: life's an experiment.
0: Well, it, it, well, it can be, it can mm. be. And really everything that we're talking about is what would happen if let's say we try to, you know, what would happen if we did this? What would happen if we let go of that? What? And it's, it removes expectations, You know, we've also spoken a lot about expectations versus reality. By experimenting, we don't really have expectations, do we? We're just saying, let's see what happens if. And that kind of – I went through a period where that really terrified me, but I feel like I'm coming back into a period where that actually excites me and I feel more freedom because of it rather than this terrifying unknown.
1: Absolutely. Do you know know what else really excites me? Mm -hmm. The podcast slash book tour. Yes, it is. Next year. So did you want to talk really broadly about what that is looking like? Uh, yes. And the timing, I guess. Timing yeah. and, and for how long. And
0: Yeah, okay, sure. I, I mean I'd love to give more specifics but we're just still in the very preliminary planning stages and I'll be excited to, to share more soon. So the book comes out in North America in July. I have no date but but that's the month. Yeah. And as part of that, we're going to do a book slash podcast tour. So, I every event will be different. There'll be some where I'm doing like an in conversations with kind of interview chat situation with maybe someone I've interviewed on the podcast yeah, before, friends or, of the show. Yeah, friends of the show, exactly. Because or we just have, yeah, we have a lot of people who we're going to hopefully meet up with around. North America when we're on this tour and I'd love to be able to do as many events with them as possible. But then there will also be podcast recordings where it's just like a host for maybe a Q and A situation and then there'll be book events and we're going to do maybe about three months I think of touring. But we're covering a lot of ground in that three months and I'm slightly nervous about it. And we're
1: certainly not going to do it like we did the Australian slash New South Wales book tour that we did. No. Where we were travelling on average five to six hours a day.
0: Yeah, but every day. Every day. That was a fantastic learning experience for us and I'm really glad we did it because what I thought it would look like was a relaxed pace, you know, two days to get to every event and we Split them out over two days, every second day. And what the reality of it was that it just felt pressured the whole time. We never had a day where we didn't have to be in the car or the camper van. We never had a day where we didn't need to progress. And I'm really glad we did it because now we know that that's not how we want to do this.
1: Absolutely. To the point where, like, the kids were like, and we sold it to them, like, this is a little holiday. Mm. It was wrong to do that.
0: It, well, we, we didn't know, but it didn't where, feel like, like a real holiday.
1: Like, Dad, are we ever going to get where we're going? Mm. So, you know, he, he he's thought there would be this destination that we'd get to and then be able to holiday like we'd normally do, but we just never had that. So that's not what we're going to be doing.
0: No. So what I think we're going to try and do is structure the tour in such a way that we have like a week of events and then some time off and then another week of events and some time off and that just gives us the opportunity to rest and and recuperate and in between those times and enjoy our time because the kids will be with us and we don't want it to feel like three months of pressured travel
1: because the reality is they'll be in school we will be working
0: exactly so how can i i can't i mean i want to tell people where we're heading but i don't know necessarily yet but we will kind of Head along the top of America, <laughs> from west to east, and then like there are certain places that I feel fairly confident in saying we'll be we'll be hitting. like I want to go to um Minneapolis, um see Joel Sosovsky, maybe Chicago, and then down, well, I want to go to Maine because that's where Stephen King lives. I probably I don't I don't know what I'll do there, but I just want to go and drive around. So down to Maine. New York State, yeah.
1: you know, and hit and then down into like the Carolinas, yeah, like Georgia, way down south, yeah, and know, across to Texas, yeah, Texas, and I love okay. to go to Colorado around yeah. those areas, yes, California State, so you know, San Diego, maybe Anaheim or. LA and San Francisco, uh, yeah. Portland yeah. and Seattle and basically do a big loop. But we'll be ducking in and out of, you know, Central America as well and into Canada, definitely. So it's it's still not finalised and we don't want to name specific places just in case they don't come off.
0: Yeah, exactly. However, or in the same vein, I guess, please feel free, if you've got a bookstore or a venue or you know, some kind of suggestion of of somewhere that you think would be a good fit for us to do an event, a podcast recording, a, you know, in conversations with kind of event, feel free to send us an email to hello at slowyourhome.com. Because I mean, I don't know the States particularly well. I've, I've been there a few times, but I don't certainly don't know it like a local. So you would have more of an idea of places that we should, you know, put on our I put on our itinerary. So feel free to send us an email with those suggestions. And if there's any way that you wanted to help or you think that you could offer support, I'm not too proud to ask (laughs) that you get in touch. I'm really daunted. I have a wonderful publicist and the publisher is great, um, you know, who's putting the book out, but it's a huge undertaking. Logistical,
1: like, just challenge. Yeah. So basically if you can help and you want to help, let us know. That would be tops. Yeah. That would be uh, really, really cool. So that's our rambling, real loose, real loose, hostful for this month. where It's the catch up episode. It's, yeah, just giving you an update on where we're at at the moment. Mm. And we're going to come back to you with another update just before we go in January, late January. Are we? Yeah. Okay. I think that would be really, really interesting. Okay. So that's another two months away, right? Yeah. And it'd just be really cool to come back and report on
0: expectations versus reality. Yeah, and
1: look, it might come out in February mm-hmm. uh, once we're on the road, but it'll be recorded just before we leave. Okay. Yeah.
0: I like that idea. Yeah. Uh, and actually, in saying that, we have decided that February is going to be a a month of almost holiday for us before we we kind of hit the normal rhythm because you, you're, I mean, we know that January is going to be full on for both of us in just packing up the house and getting ready. And you also have quite, quite a, bit a bit of, of client work, work on. on in January. So February we've nominated as our, our month of offline family time before kind of hitting the ground running in March. But the podcast will be back in February. And, uh, yeah, that's a great idea actually, the first episode back for the year. um. We'll we'll do an expectations versus reality.
1: Because have you talked spoken about the summer series?
0: No. But as we did last year, we're doing a summer series in January. So we we never put new shows out in January. uh, And we'll be revisiting some of our favorite episodes over the past two and a half years. It'll be almost three years, three years in April. Wow. So that's what's happening in January. And then February we'll be back with some interviews and um, some updates. And then, yeah, 2018. Happy days. Here we come. Mm. Have a great week. And uh, thank you for sticking with us this long through this rambling, loose host form.
1: Thanks, guys. Who is that? Hi, Pass.